This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday night. I guess it's called Mishmar, 11.05. So uh, a couple of announcements before we start tonight. Number one, Baruch Hashem, um, the ranch is really coming together. We just bought our third horse. Um, actually, just came tonight to the ranch, and um, we're looking at four more tomorrow. So we should have eight horses by next, well, we we're going to take them after the nine days. And Bezrat um, Hashem, there's just more and more and more literature on on um, horse therapy, equine therapy, how amazing it is for many, many different things. And as I said, I think that has a lot to do with that it works with girls because the shira that Miriam sang when she came out of the Yam was Susfarach by Rama Bayom. She didn't say uh, Hashem Ishmachama Hashem Shemo. She said Susfarach by Rama Bayom because the woman is considered the horse. The rider, if you shoot the rider, right, you kill the rider, you shoot the rider at war, the horse keeps going. If you shoot the horse, they both go down. The, 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 the woman is the one that is the Ikeras Abayas. If she goes off to Derech, the whole house is gone. If he goes off to Derech, she can still keep them alive. But if you if you knock the horse out, the rider goes down with it. So maybe that's why they have in, intrinsically in them that uh, there's a certain relationship between the horse and the rider, and there's a certain relationship between girls and horses, that the horse's mama should do a fool for them. Anyway, Baruch Hashem. Um, so we, we, did some dedi- we did some dedications. Whoever's watching and you want to dedicate in the memory of someone or whatever it is, I mean, Lamaisa, Hashem keeps sending me more signs. The only, there is no girls rehab in the world, in America. Um, and all the rehabs that we're sending them to, their mamish coming out. Uh, there was a woman in my office today, she's like, my daughter went in, um, a, a sick Jewish girl and came out a healthy guy. That's what, he, that's what she told me today. She says, uh, she, Mama, she doesn't believe in anything anymore. So there's Rat Hashem, listen, they're, they're not eating the kosher food. There's going to be a kosher place, and um, they're going to get healthy. It's Hashem. Hashem is really showing us one miracle after another. Anyway, so if there's anyone here tonight this year that wants to dedicate the whole ranch, all 20 acres, the buildings and everything, and they want to put it in their name, right? We can call it the, it's, it's called the Ranch of Bethel. Because it's actually in Bethel. That's the name of the that's the name of the town, Beth Bethel. Um, so you could call it the Friedman Ranch at Bethel. You could call it the Schwartzberg Ranch, right? What's your last name? What? Gordon. Gordon. You can call it the Gordon Ranch at Bethel, right? So to dedicate the whole ranch and get the name, it's only one point eight million dollars. It's not a lot, right? You can start paying now for the next. 200 years. Anyway, so I just want to read you really fast dedications. The, 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 so it's going to be a school. That's $500,000. The Riding Academy, which is a stable in the arena, which is amazing. You have to come see this place. It's $350,000. The paddocks is $18,000. The horses are all sold. You can't buy a horse. They're all, people gave money. They, everyone bought a horse. There's eight horses, and they're all paid for. So that's sold. Sorry, that's not available. Um, the house, the, the mansion is $360,000. The second residence is $180,000. The mezuzah, the front door, is already, both of them are sold. Gone. Sorry about that. 
the mezuzahs in the house, there are 54 mezuzahs. But two of them are sold, two front doors, so there's 52 left. The gematria, who knows the gematria of 52? Bakol. Everything. Ben, Bakol, Hashem, Be'echtharam, Bakol. Beit Chofalamin is 52. Bum. So the mezuzahs, that's really the metziah. The mezuzahs are $2,500 each. So you don't have to go, you don't have to work for 20 years for the mezuzahs. So there's 50, there's 52 of them left. And then there's the dining room and the residence and the master bedroom and there's a lot of different things to laugh. So whoever's interested, um, in dedicating something or helping us out, all you need to do is call 718-OHR, which is R, NAVA, N-A-A-V. You don't have to dial the last day. And call, send an email. Whatever it is, it's a it's an my Rebbe Rabbi Gamliel called it an Are Miklat. It's a place where you can send a Jewish girl and and she's gonna uh, a, a not well Jewish girl, but she's gonna come out a, a healthy Jewish girl. It's Hashem. Very very excited. Whoever saw it is like is like how are you gonna get them to leave? It's such a beautiful place. Um, so it was very interesting. Someone yesterday said to me, "I hope we never need it." I'm like, that's great. You know, go to somebody to ask them for money, and they're like, I hope they never need it. So, 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 two days ago, um, I was talking to somebody after shul, and he said to me, so are, are you speaking this year at Tisha B'av on, on, uh, in the Kailo? Cause I speak in this Kailo every Tisha B'av. I'm like, um, probably, he goes, no, no, this year Tisha B'av is gonna be a Yantif. Actually, Tisha B'av is gonna be Shabbos. Be better than Yantif, right? This Tisha B'av we're gonna eat. Whoever told you last year, they gave you a bracha. Next year, you should eat on Tisha B'av, right? It's gonna ha- it came true because this year Tisha B'av is on Shabbos, so we're all gonna eat on Tisha B'av. It gets pushed to the tenth day, right? So he says to me, he's all proud. He's like, "Well, I don't know if you're gonna speak because this year it's gonna be a it's gonna Mashiach's gonna be here. It's gonna be a Yantif." So I looked at him. I go, "Really? So what did you do so that Mashiach will be here this year?" I know it's very nice to say that, but what did you do? Last year he wasn't here. The year before he wasn't here. The year he was Everyone's walking around saying, Yeah, Metzashem this year. Tishabal's going to be a Yantif. The Metzashem is going to be here. What? Because you said so? Because you decided to say so? What did you do? You changed your life? You felt bad that the Shekhinah is in Golos? You stopped talking by davening? What did you do? So you think walking around saying... Well, you know, next year, the, this Tisha B'Av, Rabbi Wallerstein, we're going to have the base of Midrash. Like, what? Because you said so? What did you do? You didn't change anything. So you don't want to fast, you want to party, right? So this year's going to be Yantif. If you didn't do anything, why should it change? Why should it be different than anything? I'm listening to this for, for, for 50 years, people saying, oh, this year, don't worry, it's going to be a Yantif. Well, what did you do? What did you do to, there was a shul in Eretz Yisrael that every month the Tisha B'Av used to burn the kinnis. Used to bury it, yeah. They took it and they made it. They dug a big hole and they buried the kinnis. That's it. Next year we don't need it. So they buy those kinnis and they bury them. So how come Mashiach didn't come? Because what did they do? They buried the kinnis. But what did you do to make sure that there won't be another tish above? It's very nice. You buried your kinnis, but you didn't change. So you didn't change because you buried your kinnis. It should change. You got. You got to do something. 
you got you got to do something to make a change. So if we all do something and we all decide not to talk lashon and not to be jealous and not to hurt other people, then maybe it'll be a yantam this year. But if you think walking around saying, "Oh, don't worry, this year is going to be a yantam," Mashiach's coming, right? <laughs> no, that's not going to bring Mashiach. When Mashiach means you have to do something. You have to change it. So if we want we want not to have a tishba. We want the base of to be built. We got to build it. So right now it's walking around saying, I want a new house. Don't worry about it. You're going to have a new house this year. It's the same thing with Shaduchim. It's very nice. You tell people, you know, no, don't worry. By Pesach, you're going to be married. Really? Did you, are you davening for that person? Are you doing a mitzvah every day and saying, this person should get married? You think because you're walking around saying like, don't worry, you know? People come to you for money. Like, don't worry, Hashem will help you. What do you mean Hashem will help me? That's when you're supposed to be an atheist. The only time you're allowed to be an atheist, someone comes to you for tzedakah. There's no God in the world. There's no God. The only one that can help you is me. That's when atheism comes in. Total upicarus. Someone needs your help. You're like, oh, sure, don't worry about it. Guy told me, I said, I need help. You know, it's it's very expensive. Horses, I never realized that. They eat a lot. Wow. You know, and there's a lot of money you have to spend on them. So I went, to, I went collecting, I went raising money. I'm like, no, it's Hashem. I'm like, you got to help me. No, it's Hashem. When do you want to open? I said, after circus. No, Mashiach will be here. You won't need it. Great. Thank you very much. So, you stop working. That's it. You're giving out all your money from the savings account. Because Mashiach's going to be here. What do you need it for? Right? You don't, oh, no. That, uh, I don't know. Maybe Mashiach won't be here. Well, you need money while uh, Mashiach will be here. We shouldn't need hospitals anymore. Mitchell, we won't need hospitals anymore. Right? We don't need insurance anymore, Rabbi. That's it! Why, why buy insurance? Why are you telling people to buy insurance? Mashiach's coming. Mashiach's here. Why are you buying insurance? You buy insurance when you don't believe Mashiach? Why why people buy insurance? People are going to live forever. Mashiach's coming here. That's it. Not only that, the guys should get back their money. For the, they have to get back their money, the guys who died. Hello, listen, listen. The guys who died and they collected life insurance, it's amazing. They got to get New York Life. They got to send all the money back. They came back to life. And the answer is, right, it's silly. What do you mean? So the guy who's telling you, oh, don't, Albert Kahn, stop bothering everybody, right, that they should get insurance. Mashiach's going to be here. So you got to ask him, really? What did you do that he should be here? You're walking around saying Mashiach's going to be here, don't buy insurance? You're a fool. What did you do? You did something? You stop talking about davening, you stop insulting people, start having more derech you added 15 minutes to your learning every morning. What did you do? Just walking around saying these things? It's, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous guy says to me, no, no, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. You, you know, we're not going to need it after Sukkot. Shiv's going to be here, really. So what are, you, what are we doing to bring him here? You, you don't want this Tisha B'Av to be a Tisha B'Av this year? So what, what are we going to do until Tisha B'Av? What are we going to accept? So the most important thing we have to accept is what? Why isn't he here? The way we treat other people. The kinna and the sinna that we have for other people. This week, one of my Talmidim, who I'm very close to, somebody started this rumor, the Lashon Hara today, with WhatsApp, right? So when the Chavetz Chaim talked about Lashon Hara, what are you talking about? A guy would come into a room, and he would talk Lashon Hara about someone. How many guys were in the room? A hundred? Two hundred. 300, 500. Today, people who have WhatsApp, right? 
on, on, and what are those? What are those things that you have like a family chat, right? All these chats, all these chats. You can say something bad about a person, and ten thousand people within two minutes will see that lashonara. The satan is brilliant. He, you think he created this so that you should get the news, or you should you you should watch Chasvisholem YouTube clips of Shiurim? Right, or all these other things. You think that's why he created it? He created it. I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, if they're going to use it for Mashiach, when Mashiach comes, right, they're going to send it and put it on Facebook or, or, or YouTube, so there'll be like 20 billion hits. Mashiach's here with the chauffeur. Wallstein's going to miss it, because I, I don't have a smartphone. How am I going to know Mashiach came? What? I don't have a smartphone. Someone else is going to tell me. No, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe I'll hear the chauffeur. I'll get to hear the show for everybody else is going to see it on their smartphones. Nebuch. So they, they took this guy and they ripped him. They ripped him and the Lashon Hara, the Sheker, Moitzi Shemra, Rechilis, that these people did. I, I, God should have mercy on their souls. So he's, he's, a, he's a big tzaddik, this boy. I don't know, I don't know of another person that has his midos in the world. This guy. And these people, Ripped him, but Robin, like I never, so, so I'm his Rebbe. And I was driving up last night in the car, like 12 o'clock at night, going up to the mountains, because I spoke this morning in the mountains. And he says, Rebbe, how should I feel? What, what, how could this happen? I said, listen to me. He said, you are the luckiest guy that I know. So what are you talking about? I said, the, Sometimes you mevayish berabin people, right? It's people they, they embarrass you berabin. That thing it, it says that a person who's mevayish berabin who doesn't answer is koina oylam haba b'sha'echas. Famous story to Chavetz Chaim. Chavetz Chaim spoke on Shabbos in the shul, and at the end, in the middle of his speech, the president—they were very modern people—and the president did not like what he said. So the president got up and. And you know, when someone's a lie, you know, Achimos Kedoshim. Chavaz Chaim wasn't famous till after he died. You understand? I remember Moshe Feinstein, Moshe Feinstein, Moshe Feinstein. Chumashir, Erev Shabbos, there were ten, eight guys. Moshe Feinstein. Today, if you give a Chumashir, giant stadium sold out. Sold out. Moshe Feinstein, Chumashir, we'd all be there, every one of us. If he came back, six people. Every Friday. Six people, eight people. Rashmur Birnbaum, six people, eight people. You don't realize what you have when you have it. It's just like that. So I'm sure the president today would not have shut the Chafetz Chaim up and sat him down and, and made fun of him. But that's what he did. So he made him stop speaking and he embarrassed him in front of everyone. Matu Shabbos, there's a knock on the door of the president's house. Who's at the door? The Chavetz Chaim. He, he came and he said the following to the president. He said, I want to apologize to you. That's what he said to the guy who embarrassed him. I'm a very poor man. He had nothing. If you ever know about anyone who ever saw the inside of the house of Chavetz Chaim, he had a broken chair and a broken table. He had one thing in his house that was worth something. He had a bent silver cup for Shabbos. He comes to the president and he says to him, I'm asking you, Mechila, that I don't have the money to pay you for what you did to me this Shabbos. 
a billion dollars would not be enough. But all I have is a little bit of a broken silver cup. But that's all I have. And I want to give it to you as a matana. To thank you for embarrassing me, Barabbim. The president was taken aback a little bit, right? He said, I don't understand. Chavot Chaim says, listen. I wrote Svarim. Maybe I get a little bit covered. I felt a little bit covered that I, 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 was, I wrote Svarim. And, and maybe the mitzvahs that I did, you know, to do a perfect mitzvah with the right machshav and the right everything. I don't know if my whole life, Chavot Chaim, if they're going to let me into Gan Eden. My mitzvahs were not perfect. But it says that a person who's embarrassed in public and doesn't answer, he's definitely kind of Gan Eden. So because of you, I know for sure that I'm going to be allowed into Gan Eden. How do you pay someone for that? Because I don't have what to give you. I have a broken chair. But I have a silver cup. Please. Please, I owe you so... He wasn't playing games with him. He wasn't trying to make him feel foolish. He really meant it. He said, please, I'm begging you, take the silver cup. It doesn't say in the story whether the president took the silver cup or not. I don't know. So I told my Talmud, Moishi, I said, first of all, I need you to be Michael, these people. Because it's very scary. Because in the Torah it says, by Kairach, it says something very scary, and there's a very scary Rashi, and my father, all of the Shalom, used to stay so far away from Machlikas. He would not go to board meetings in Shul, because he went to a board meeting, board meetings are tough, and they were screaming at each other, and they embarrassed somebody, and my father said that the innocent... The innocent go down with the, with the, with the, uh, when it comes to machlokas, the only thing where the innocent go down with the guilty. When Hashem sends the malach to take revenge to the, 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 the avenging angels, the angel has rishus permission to strike the innocent as much as he strikes the non-innocent. So if you look in Pasha's Kairach, it says the following. Oh, we have to stay away from Achleikis, guys. Run for your life. Run for your life. Vayyalu me'alham mishkan kairach dasan v'aviram yisaviv. V'dasan v'aviram dasan and aviram yotsu nitzavim pesach ahelehet. They were standing outside their tents. Unesheyem uvenehem v'tapam. Their wives their sons, their children, and their babies. You will now know that Hashem sent me. When he finished speaking, it swallowed them, their houses, everybody. Their animals, their tents, everybody went down. Says the Mepharshim. Why the children? Children didn't do anything. My father, Shalom, used to talk about this a lot. Listen to this scary, scary Rashi, everybody. No matter where in your life, bungalow colony, shul, 
Yeshiva, don't you ever go on the board of a yeshiva. Don't you ever go on the board of a bungalow colony. You don't want to be involved in machlokas. You don't want to hurt anybody because of this Rashi. Zot Rashi in Pashish Kairach, if you want to look it up. Pasuk Chav Zion. Perek Tezayin. Ba'ura'e, come and see. Kamakosha ha'machlekes. How terribly hard somebody who's involved in machlekes. Shaharei bezdun shalmata. In oinchin, that the bezdun in this world cannot punish. Elad shiyabai shtei sarois. Cannot punish a person until he brings Stay Cyrus, which means until he's an adult, most of us, until we're 13. But Bezdin Shalmaila at Esrim Shana. Bezdin Shalmaila doesn't punish until you're 20. So Rashi's asking, how could it be that their babies and their children were swallowed into the earth? They weren't old enough to have Stay Cyrus, they weren't by mitzvah. And if you tell me they're being judged in Shemayim, you have to be 20. They were little babies. They were a month old. The Khan, but here, says Rashi, even the babies that were nursing from their mothers were destroyed. The innocent go down with the guilty. The children get punished for the sins of their parents when it comes to machlekes. You're killing your kids. Not just yourself, your children that are innocent, says Rashi, will go, even though Bezin Shalmata can't touch them, and Bezin Shalmaila can't touch them. But if it's machlekes, it's brought down, and he brings it down in the, in the, in the, Mam Loyez, when Hashem sends Afechema, his two worst malachim, that, that are destroyers, they're called destroying malachim, they have rishus to hurt the children, to hurt the innocent, and that's why when, when Moshe Rabbeinu warned everyone to step back away, what do you mean step away? If I'm innocent, and he's not, so he's going to die, and I'm going to stay, and I'm going to be alive. But Moshe Rabbeinu told everybody, step away, because when Afechem HaChatzushalem come, everybody goes down. In Machlokes, everybody goes down. I spoke this morning in my bungalow colony. I said, if, if, you, if, you live, if you're in a bungalow colony or on a block in Flatbush or involved in a shul where there's Machlokes, run for your life, because when those two Malachim are unleashed, you're not protected. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, even though you're innocent, you can't stand next to them because you will go down in the ground in the same place that they do. So I told my Tom and I said, I'm begging you, be Michael these people. Because if you're not Michael these people, then in Shemayim they're going to give Rishus to hurt their children. And you don't want their children to be hurt. And you don't want them to be hurt. I said, you're my Talmud. I'm asking you. I know it's hard. I know they, they, they put you out to dry, and the whole world knows about it. Whatever, whatever grocery here we go into, they say, oh, we heard about what, what happened. I said, you need to be moichel them. I said, just the opposite. You need to call them and ask them how much you owe them. 
I said, you have to be like the Chafetz Chaim. Are you kidding me? I said, you and your whole family are going to go into Gan Eden. I don't know if I'm going to Gan Eden. I don't know if my mitzvahs are good. You know you're going. You need to go over to them and write them a check. How much do I owe you? You just got me into Gan Eden. So you have to look at it. And he said he's going to be Michael then. Doesn't want anyone to get hurt. Has to show him. This is, this is the this is the time of, of, of what's it called? This is the time of of, of sinas chinam. I said this morning in my shir. Why is it called sinas chinam? What does it mean, sinas chinam? Oh, so so if it's not for free, I'm allowed to hate you. If I have a reason to hate you, I can hate you. The base of Ish was destroyed because of, I hated you for no reason. But if I hated you for a reason, that's okay. Doesn't say the title is sisters lechikah bavavcha. You're not allowed to hate somebody. So if I have a reason to hate you, you parked in my you took my you took my parking spot, right? I have a reason to hate you. You're richer or better looking than me. Whatever it is, I have a reason to hate you. So that's okay. The base of Ish only destroyed because of sinas chinam. For a beautiful vart. Any sinner is, is sinas chinam. There's no reason in this world to hate someone else. What do you mean? He insulted me. What do you mean? He parked in my spot. What do you mean? He, 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 he took my job. What do you mean? And the answer is that my father also used to always speak about this. Nobody can hurt you unless Hashem signed Xerah. So even though he's wrong for doing it, and he'll get punished, you have to understand that if you're insulted or someone steals from you, whatever it is, Hashem signed that Zera. Why is he getting punished? Because he used this person to steal from you because he's a Ganav. So he's going to get punished. But you have to understand that you can't touch me unless God signs it. So if you're, if you're insulting me in public, that means there's a reason. Maybe to save my life. Maybe maybe I need a kapara. I don't know what it is. So if I hate you for it, it's a sinas chinam. It's a, a hatred for no, no reason. Yes, you have to pay me back. And yes, you have to do tshuva. And yes, you have to ask mechila. But that I should hate you? So any sinner, is a sinas chinam. And the basis of what's going on that we're still in Golis is because there's so much sinas chinam. There's so much jealousy between people and the positions that they're in, and and it's just very interesting. I opened my share this morning because you know you know me. I talk, I, I say it the way it is. So you know what is this business? I'm sure all of you heard this as kids, and and it's and and, and it's in the in less than a day in the Chafetz Chaim. What what what's this business that if I talk bad about you? I get all your Averis and you get all my mitzvahs. Come on. Come on. 90 years, I did mitzvahs. And one day I decide I want to talk bad about you. That's it. All my mitzvahs wiped out and you, your whole life, are doing Averis? Come on. It doesn't seem to be fair. Does it seem to be fair to anyone in this room? That because I spoke Russian about you, I get all your mitzvahs, you get all my averis. You're in a very bad place. If I have all your mitzvahs, and you have your averis plus my averis, you're not going to a good place. You're going to the big barbecue in Shemayim. And I don't know if they're going to put on, uh, what kind of sauce they're going to put on you. But it's not going to be good. Right? So, so how, do you, how does anyone in this room understand that? Why don't you get up in class and say, is that a little fear? Okay, I, I'm a human being. I said something bad. So he gets all my mitzvahs? I fasted. For three days in a row, I, I, 
I learned my whole life. I made 10 siyumim on Gemara. And now this guy, right? And, and they write a story in the book, right? And it's not a story. Guy comes up to Shemayim, right? And they're like, built the yeshiva, finished shot seven times. He's like, listen, I got to tell you the truth. You got the wrong guy. I never learned anything. And I definitely didn't build a yeshiva. I, uh, I think the ID on my, uh, you know, my little card when I got to Shemayim, my ATM card, I think you got the wrong idea. I, I, I never had money to build a yeshiva, and I don't even know how to learn. They're like, no, it's under your name. And then it's, it's it. What happened? Someone spoke so hard about you. You got his building. You got his shahs. And the other guy comes up to Shemayim, and they're like, what's wrong with you? Why did you go to Burger King five times? And he chased burgers. The guy's like, what? I'm Chalav Yisrael, man. I never ate anything but Chalav Yisrael. Right? And bread that's baked by a Jew. You got the wrong guy. I never ate a burger with cheese in my life. And they're like, no. And they're like, I don't understand. Let's investigate. Oh, you spoke Lashon Har about this guy? This guy, before he became about Chuma, he used to eat Burger King. Now you got all the virus! Uh, I, I, it doesn't sound like it's fair. So, so like, how does it work? I mean, we should be running around, right? And all these tzaddikim in my share, I should be running over to each one of you. Please, please, please say Lush and her about me. I want all your mitzvahs, you get all my averas. Oh man, I got some big averas you're gonna get. Big stuff as a kid, man, wow. Like, come on, talk Lush and her about me. Like, dude, come on, man. Come on, say something bad. Right? Why are we all running around doing that? Like, come on. Come on, take my advantage. I'll get you mitzvahs. How does it work? Anyone here know? How does this work? The terrace is amazing. Amazing. How does this work? And I'll tell you how it works. Fantastic answer. If you know God works everything, Mida, Kenegi, Mida, that's his thing. Hashem is Mida, Kenegi, Mida. You talk bad about, you judge people not favorably, I judge you not favorably. You judge everyone favorably even though when they hurt you. So even though you hurt what you did hurt me, whatever you, you did wrong, how you judge... So, so everything in Shemayim, there's like a big sign. Welcome to Mida Keneged Mida. That's it. That's your whole judgment. So like, how you treat other people, that's how they're going to treat you. So let's look at Lashon Hara for a minute because we're in the three weeks. What's Lashon Hara based on? Why am I talking bad about someone in this room? Why would I talk bad about someone in this room? You think I would talk bad about you? Of course I would. I have nothing to do with you. Why would I talk? Right? I'm, I'm in a different age group. I'm in a different, right? But a guy my age, who I'm a little bit jealous of, maybe he has more money than me, maybe he has more friends than me. Martian Har is based on jealousy. You don't talk bad about birds. You don't talk bad about Martians. You don't talk bad about grasshoppers, right? Why? I'm not jealous of a grasshopper. I'm definitely not jealous of a Martian. The reason you talk bad about someone is because maybe people like him more, so if you talk bad about him, they won't. Or it's like, he's not really what you think he is. He's not really so great. You know, deep down, we're pretty evil. What do I mean that? They have this race called the Indy 500. The Indy 500 is a bunch of racing cars going around a track 500 times. And the place is sold out. There are people sitting in the stands, right, 
Why would you want to sit a whole day and watch a car? Uh, one, two, three, 445, 489. Why would any normal human being go to the Indy 500 and sit there and watch a bunch of cars go around the mile track 500 times, 500 miles? Do you know why? Because deep down, they want to see a Neudica crash. So they're going to sit there all day hoping some guy's going to blow a tire, right? And the car's going to flip, and there's going to be fire engines, there's going to be 40 car pile up. What are, all those people are evil people? And the answer is, not evil, but eh, what makes it interesting to watch someone go around 500 times. That's not interesting. That is not interesting. So in the human world, if you really go deep inside yourself, you really want people to fail. She so go to the Olympics, and she she loses by you know, there's this there's this television show I shouldn't even know about it right. The whole basis of it is that that the beauty contest that they have right this universe with all these things. So they have hundreds of women that are supposed to be. So what's the godless? Are you you think people are watching this to see who's going to win? No, they're watching because every time okay these are the final twenty. Wow, all those, I didn't like them anyway, right? And the women I watch are like, yeah, you see, you're not better, prettier than I am. And the whole godless of the whole Gaisha world is, you're out, you're out, you're out. We dropped this one. They have all these crazy shows, right? Drop that one, drop it. Why? Why do you want to see, why do you want to see someone get, someone get embarrassed in front of everybody? You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not, you're not, you're not talented enough. Out, Miss Israel, out. Miss Uganda, out, right? Why do you want to watch that? It's terrible. People are being Milvayish Barabin, right? They walk off, they're crying. They're like, yes. Yes, we like to watch people fail because it makes us feel better. Where does that come from? It comes from jealousy. Even people in our own community, even people in our own family, deep, 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 deep down. Deep, deep, deep down. Come on. You know, the guy gets up and he speaks and deep down you're hoping he says something so radical that they'll never let him speak again. <laughs> I was at that year when he said it. Donsky! Everyone sends out messages. Finish! Take him off. Oh, Torah anytime. What are you, are you saying, Rabbi Wallstein, everyone's evil? Eh, I don't get to speak like that. I don't have so many people watching me. As if he goes down, you know what? He's not better than I am. It's a jealousy from the first Avera, the first Avera in the Torah. It's, it's in our genetics. The first Avera that happened with Chava, right? Why did Chava want from this tree? What did she want from this tree? She could eat from any other tree in the world. And, and, and it says, the Hittite, it, it, was, it was good. It was good. She saw that it was good. How do you see that a fruit is good? You never tasted the fruit in your life. Maybe it tastes like rotten eggs. What does it mean that she looked at the fruit and it was good? How do you know it was good? She never ate from it yet. Well, how do you know fruit is good? Just by looking at it? And the answer is, yeah, yeah, because if you're not allowed to have that fruit and Hashem's allowed to have it, it must be good. So if you look at the Pasuk, first of all, it's, it's who we are. It's, it's who the human being is, right? What does it say here? And the woman saw that the, 
actually the eights, the tree itself, because the tree tastes like the fruit, but okay, she saw that it's good to eat. How do you see something's good to eat? You taste that something's good to eat. Ah. You see, taibu It was a taibu for her eyes. V'nechmod ha'eits. Look at the, oh, look at all these adjectives. Right? V'tikach mipiri v'toycha. How did that happen? Because the nachash came to her and he was very smart. She said, she's never going to eat from this tree. Adam told her not to eat from the tree. How am I going to get to eat from the tree? She said, because Hashem knows, when you're going to eat from this tree, right? God has one thing you don't have. He knows the difference between good and bad. And you don't have that. So the minute he said that Hashem has something they don't have, she was jealous. Jealousy? You didn't even eat the fruit already. You know it's good. It's got to be good. If you got it, you got a met cat, I don't. got to be a good cat. Because you have it, and I don't. So listen to the godless. Guys, listen to this. Unbelievable godless. You never heard this before. So if I am jealous of you, that means that I want what you have. Says Hashem, you want what he has? I'll give you what he has. I'll give you his sins. You want to be him? You want what he has? You want to talk lush and horror about him? So it must be that you want to be him? You want to be him? You don't want to be you? Good. Give your mitzvahs to him. I'll give you his averus. Because you want to be him anyway. Mida keneged mida. That's why when you talk Lashon Hara about someone, you get all his averus. Because you're saying when you talk Lashon Hara, I am jealous of you. Really, says Hashem, you are jealous of him? No problem. I'll give you all his averus. You can be just like him. And he can be just like you. I'll give him your mixed voice. You chose that. That's how it works. Ive. Ive. We have enough of our own Averis. I don't need your Averis. That's for sure. I don't want anyone's Averis in this room. You old Sadiqi, you probably don't have any Averis. But even if you have one little one, I don't, I got enough of my own. I got enough guys getting on the scale. I don't need your guys getting on the scale. With my name on it. That's not fair. So you know, I'll talk to her about somebody else. That comes from jealousy. And that's what happened. That's why we're still in Gullus. We're still in Gullus because the Sinas Chinam comes from a place. It comes from not being satisfied. It, it covers so many Averis because if I'm jealous of you, that means that I don't have a Karasatov for what I have. If I want to be like you, that means I'm not satisfied with what I have. So that means I have a Kafei Tov for what I have. And all of us are different. We're not, none of us are the same. So automatically, in the Avera of Lashon Hara, which is Kinnah, in the same Avera is the essence of creation, which is Akaras HaTov. We've talked about this many times. So the essence of creation is, I don't have Akaras HaTov. Because if I'm jealous of you, that means I don't appreciate what I have. I want to be like you. So I don't appreciate what I have. That, that's the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. And if you want Mashiach to come, not just because you want to eat on Sunday and, 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 and play music, but you want him to really come, then you have to do something about it. You have to work on that Midah. You have to work on that meter. So I told my Talmud, I was driving up in the mountains, I'm like, man, you gotta focus on 
that you owe these guys, and I said to him, you need to give me a bracha. Because to get embarrassed in public on that level and not answer, you have a kayach bracha, you could, you could do tchiyasamesim. So all the way up, I was like, that's not enough, I want to rechaz yomim, I want to rechaz shanim, I want to refush I want, I want, he's like, Rebbe, you're the Rebbe, I'm like, no, today you're the Rebbe. You're the Rebbe, you're the Rebbe, you're the leader, you're everything. Somebody embarrassed you on that level, and, and, and on such a widespread, and you didn't answer, wow. So I called him this morning, he's like, you don't understand, I hung up from you, I was like, wow, if they want to do it again, hey, and that's how you have to look at things. It's a whole, it's a whole different. Nobody, nobody can embarrass you unless Hashem lets them. And sometimes it saves your life. Sometimes a person is written, the Kabbalah talks about, sometimes you're written on Rosh Hashanah to die. To die that year. But you have so many schusim that the, your mouth is able to, to, to have them, Bezin Shalmaila, have you embarrassed in public. And when a person's embarrassed in public, he turns red. And all the blood rushes to his face. And that's considered Misa. So they replace the real Chatzrashal Misa. So sometimes it's not Xerah from Hashem that he signed Xerah to hurt you. But he actually signed Xerah to save you. Or to save your children. Or to save your whole family. So a person has to be macabre that. As hard as it is sometimes to be macabre that. Okay. Um, so the Gemara last week. We were talking about Ikhlas of the Mashiach. We were talking about the times of Mashiach, and we saw in here that everything it says, right, that kids are not going to get along with their fathers. I want to, there was one part I didn't understand. It says, it says that Hagefen Titan Piria, the vine will give its, will yield its fruit. But the wine will be very expensive. So I asked if you, if, if it's, if it's, um, if there's a lot of grapes, the wine should be cheap. So in, in the in the art scroll, he explains that that that's not what it means. He says, since everybody will be engaged in drinking parties, so even if there's plentiful supply of grapes, it will not be enough to demand for the wine. The Rashi says, "Vayayim b'yoyker." Why will the wine be expensive if there's so many grapes? Because everyone's going to be busy drinking. And I have to tell you that growing up, you guys are young, but I'm much older. Growing up, anyone my age knows that there was only two or three kinds of wine. There was toke. Not okay, toke. There was malaga, which was syrup. And there was cream concord and a bottle was four dollars five dollars there was manischewitz but it wasn't kosher enough for us today I ran a Pesach program today there are bottles of wine that guys drink that are $175 a bottle $100 a bottle God forbid a bottle less than 45 bucks a bottle you go to charity events Charity events in the middle of the week. It's not Chavez. And there's wine testing. And there's wine tasting. What, what, it's, it's a Tuesday night. It's a Wednesday night. What are we doing? Like, there was no Jewish alcoholics when I was growing up. There was, in, in shul in the morning, 
the old, old people would have the Ostreicher's chocolate chip cookies and a little teeny shot of Slivovitz. That's all they had. Plum brandy. There was no scotch. There was, there was maybe old Williamsburg. I don't even know if they were around in those days, right? Cheap stuff. No one knew the difference. Could have been rubbing alcohol for all you knew. Didn't make a difference. Today, scotch, single barrel, double barrel, sounds like a shotgun. Single barrel, double barrel, out squatch. You can't even read it. 21 years old, you think, I don't know, you make a shit off like she's 21 years old already, right? 21 years old, 18 years old, oh God forbid, don't you bring me anything that's 10 years old. It's not bar mitzvah yet. We don't drink under bar mitzvah, right? Anything that's 10 years, nuh-uh, you know? That's abuse. It's 10 years old. You can't, you can't drink that. So, so you, you go to a vart and you know, your friend got engaged and you gotta see, you gotta check out, check out, like, what the followers got, you know? God forbid. There's no, like, 21-year-old single barrel, $180, or, or, or Johnny Walker Blue. What is that? Jews? We're a bunch of drunks? We're a bunch of alcoholics? What happened to us? My, my day, there was no such thing. Growing up, what's going on over here? Well, the Sunday, we need $485 bottles of wine. We became connoisseurs. We got to go to restaurants where it's $150 for a bottle of wine and there's 10 empty bottles on the table. Says the Gemara, says the Gemara, that in times of Mashiach, even though there's going to be a lot of grapes, wine on the Jewish table is going to be very expensive. That's a Rashi. I didn't know last week. I, somebody sent me an email and said, Brad Walton, check out the Rashi. Check out the Rashi. That's what Rashi says. It's going to be, it's going to become a thing. I'm a drinker. I know. It's going to become a Jewish thing to be a drinker. Look what goes on about mitzvahs and weddings. Look what's going on at that bar. I remember I made a wedding. I don't, I don't have alcohol at my weddings. Oh my gosh, my poor Hassan and my son-in-laws. My friends were like, what's going on? Is he cheap? Like, like, how could you have a wedding without a bar? <laughs> Not a bar mitzvah. It's a wedding. I once went to a bar mitzvah. They forgot the mitzvah. They only had the bar. It was it. There was no mitzvah. It was all bar. It's like, you can't dance for your friend? You can't dance for your friend sober? So you tell me you like him? You tell me you're happy for him? You can only dance for him when you're totally blitzed out of your brains? So in the places that don't, that where, the, where the parents are smart enough not to have bars so that kids don't go home and crash into a tree, right? So the kids bring their own bottles. God forbid, that's okay. He's, we're going to bring our own stuff. And they're like, everyone's around the table. Ooh, good, you got the 21-year-old. Wow, you know, you got the stuff that you can't even read the, you can't, you can't pronounce the word or what, what the name, the Scottish name on it. The Tumor says, the times of Mashiach, this is what's going to be happening. It's all here. It's all here. Am I anti-alcohol? Yeah. I'm anti-alcohol. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that you can't have a drink on Shabbos, and I'm not saying that you can't have a good bottle of wine on Shabbos, because the Gemara says there's a special bracha. There's a special bracha. Toiba made them on a good bottle of wine. Fine. No problem. Bottle of wine on Shabbos, no problem. A bottle of wine on Yantif, no problem. In the middle of the week, well, we're not, we're not drunks. Zuck the Gemara, Zuck Rashi, Rashi. Now I'll tell you something else. On the side of the Gemara, in the Lakute Rashi, he says the following: Hagefen Tita Imperia. 
He asked the kasher, Could it be that the wine is going to be expensive? So he says the following, listen boys, listen after you know, all of them, all of the whole generation, right from Acharayayin, they're going to be running after alcohol, umishtakrin, and they're going to get drunk, umishyakirhayayin, and the wine, the prices of the wine are going to go up, afalpishu, yayin bayolam, even though there's a lot of wine, but they're going to want the expensive wine. So tomorrow. So that answered my question from last week. Question from last week was, I don't understand why would wine be expensive. The answer is no. The Jews are going to buy expensive wine. So, yes, Mashiach is going to be here very soon, that's for sure. Because there's not one simon in this Gemara. The chutzpah, the ra- everything that it says in the Gemara, is not one simon in the Gemara that's not in our generation. Not one. So the Holocaust, you had a lot of people dying. That's part of the war of Mashiach. But you didn't have all these other simonim. Every simon at the, at the end of the Sechel Saita, every simon it says it's going to be in the Ikhlas, the Mashiach, including wine prices. It's true. In the last couple of days, I've met a lot of kids. Every single one of them is Michal Shabbos. Every single one of them is from a firm family. Every single one of them is from a Beit Yaakov or more even Hasidic school. Every, one, every single one of them looks very from. But today's day and age, I ask that question. You drink? You do drugs? You caught? Boys? Ask my questions. My last question is, and many girls are like, no, I don't talk to boys. I don't, I don't, I don't self-mutilate. I don't drink. I don't smoke pot. And my last question is, how about Shabbos? You keep Shabbos? No. You're not drinking. You're not smoking pot. You're not talking to boys. You sound like you're a from kid. Right? Your skirt's pretty long. You look pretty sneers. Why did I walk in asking, do you keep Shabbos? Because for some reason, Something I mentioned four years ago and everybody was like, oh, he just wants attention. Maybe it's one girl in the whole school. It is so rampant. It is your sisters. It is your nieces. It is so rampant right now of girls and boys that are on their phones in their private room on Shabbos. And it's so unfeeling. Like I'm like, you're Mechalel Shabbos. That's like big. I don't know, when I was growing up, that was big. That was actually bigger than talking to girls. Talking to girls, Durabana. Chil Shabbos. Like, you're not talking to boys, and I don't want you to talk to boys, don't get me wrong, right? What's going on? Why are so many kids and adults just don't care about Shabbos? Why are they Machal Shabbos? Why did the Yetzirah pick on this, on Chil Shabbos? What about... You don't see a lot of kids in Burger King. You go past Burger King, McDonald's, even in New York, right? You don't see, but the kids that have a Chal Shabbos, they get on the train on Shabbos and go to Manhattan Friday night. You have no idea what's going on. You'd be shocked if you went on a train Friday night. You, it would flip you out. All these kids going to Manhattan, the guys that get in their cars, six, eight cars, and drive out of Williamsburg and Borough Park and Flatbush and go to hotels with girls on Shabbos, total Chil Shabbos. They don't keep any part of Shabbos. So, why Shabbos? Shabbos is like kogel, kishka, chillant, pish, 
sleeping, eating, reading. Like, why did this Satan pick Shabbos? And we're getting whacked. We never had this. Getting whacked. Yes, in the before the Holocaust in Spain, all these times, people went off the derech. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. People went off the derech and were Machal Shabbos. They became reformed and they were Machal Shabbos. They became conservative and they were Machal Shabbos. Right? In all these times. But they were Machal Shabbos. Totally. Right? They got in their car and drove. No, 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 no. These kids are not driving. They're not lighting a fire. They're not taking the bone out of the, away, the, the bone out of the fish and taking the fish off the bone. They're not doing boy rare, right? They're, some of them are flipping on the light just to see if God will kill them or not, right? But they made the same mistake as how, like, go to the light. I flipped on the light. Just now it happened. I don't want to say where. And there was, the light was left on in a very, in a, where there were a lot of people. And the, they had a problem because they had, couldn't find a guy. They didn't have a guy. And the girl said, <laughs> watch this. She flipped it off. And her friend's like, she goes, yeah, I do it all the time. See? No lightning bolt. Fool. The same thing. Chava made a mistake. When she ate from the tree, the nachas said, hey, you see, you didn't die. No, Hashem said, you will die. Not the minute you eat from the tree. So flipping on the light and not having lightning come out, no, it's not the way it works. So, why Shabbos? And I'm going to explain to you, and I said it today, this morning, and I think it's very, very important. Why Shabbos? Of all the things in our generation, and we just started. We just started. Because the phone, who everyone thought that it's pornography, and it's all these other things, and wasting of time, nah, 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 nah. The Satan had a much bigger plan. He is so smart. He's a malach. He's like, everyone's going to be, you're going to have... The rabbi's going to get up in Met Stadium over there, and you're going to make a whole speech about the internet and the pornography and all the things you shouldn't see. He said, it's important, don't get me wrong, because that'll destroy you. That's not even the game, man. That's not even the surface. That's not what I brought internet into the world for. That's not what I bought MySpace when it first started. And all the stuff that they have today, chat rooms and, 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 and what is it that families have? Family chat and you can, mamas kill, you know, like, it's unbelievable. You can be in a family chat, Flappish chat, bungalow chat, Jewish chat, New York chat, American chat. You can be like in 50 chats at one time. It's not ridiculous. You're just getting information from everyone. Let's hear about that one. Let's hear about this one. Amazing! You can have like 60,000 pieces of Russian horror in like one minute. Fantastic! You know what? He didn't even create it for that reason. Master plan. The Satan's a master planner. Yeah, let them look at the pornography. Let them worry about the, 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 the waste of time. Let them all focus on that. That's not what I'm after. I want to destroy the Jewish nation. I want to get God's wrath that he should say, just wipe them out. Pornography is the Yetzirah, Sahara is a taiva. This is the master plan of why he created this technology that we have. Let me tell you about Shabbos. Learn the Medrash. I'll tell you a story. There's a guy who really, really loves his wife. And he, he, he wants to show his love. And he wants to buy her a piece of jewelry. But he wants to surprise her. And he doesn't know what to do because, you know, some women like pearls, 
Some women like sapphires. Some women like rubies. I don't want to buy her something she's not going to like. So he goes from jewelry store to jewelry store, from country to country, looking for this ring that 100% she'll love. And of course, every guy says, oh, my rings are nice, my rings are nice. And one day, he meets this person who's supposed to be the biggest jeweler in the world. And he says, I want to bring home a ring to my wife, but I'm surprising her. So it has to be something that for sure she'll like. He says, I have a ring that has every gem that was ever created in the world. Rubies, sapphires, diamonds, pearls, everything that you can imagine. And every stone in the ring is the best ruby, diamond, the purest, the best color, the best size in the world, and I put them all on one ring. So whatever she likes is on that ring. There's no way that she won't like the ring because if she likes rubies, there's the best ruby there. If she likes diamonds, it's the best diamond. If she likes rubies and diamonds, they're both there. Crazy amount of money. The guy's like, doesn't matter. Money, I'm buying it. Okay? You can imagine the husband, he spent years searching this for this ring. He finds it. He wraps it. His love for her is like, whew. he comes home says, darling, this took me a very long time. I bought you something. There's no other ring in the There's no other in the world. It's one of a kind. Okay? So she opens the box. You never saw such a ring. We can't even in this room imagine what this ring looked like. And she goes, is this what you bought me? Yeah. I hate it. She throws it, takes it, throws it at him. It's on the floor, steps on it and says, I hate it! Squashes it. The diamonds and all the jewels go flying all over the place. And he's left standing there. He's like, what? That, that's what you did to, you know how many years? You, you know, oh my gosh. It, we don't even, we can't even understand in this room the feeling that that husband has at that moment. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he married us on Shavuos, the Torah was the Kedushan. The two tablets made out of sapphire was the ring that he was Makadosh with. It's the most beautiful Medrash. And after we're married, he comes up to Shemayim and he says, to the angels what do I get her for the yichud room you give the girl the ring she's got her diamond ring she's got her wedding band but then in the, in the yichud room you give her pearl something so Hashem says to the angels what do I give my chakala in the yichud room and he goes into his treasury this is what the medrash says he goes into his treasury and he looks for something that he has in Shemayim that for sure the Kala will love. And it's Shabbos. And he says to the angels, I have the most beautiful thing I have that I ever created, ever, in the whole world. Not a waterfall, not a rainbow, not a butterfly. 
the most beautiful thing created in both worlds? In my genuza, in my safe, is Shabbos. And the angels say, no way. You are not giving a human being Shabbos. Shabbos in Shemayim, it says, the, 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 the Gehenna, hell, it's closed. Closed. Everything stops in Shemayim. The angels stop. Everything stops. The angel said, you're not giving that to the human being. And Hashem said, Shabbos has every diamond, every jewel, everything about Shabbos. It's the most beautiful thing that I ever created in my world. I'm giving it to the Kala. And the Satan knows this. And the Satan says... The Jews can always answer, eh, I looked at porn, eh, about taiva. I stole money, about taiva. I spoke Russian, about taiva. But when you take the ring that God gave us as a present, it's not the Torah, it's not the Kedushin. Shabbos was given in Mara, it was given actually before the Kedushin. And you throw it in God's face, and you step on it, the Satan says, Hashem, destroy them. The Kala just took your present and threw it in your face. So in the times of Moshiach, when we're this close to the third base Hamidash, when we're this close, we're in the three weeks, when we're this close to bringing Moshiach into this world, when everything bad that the Gemara says is already here, how is he going to stop Hashem? from bringing Mashiach. Not by the Jews eating Chazer, and not by the Jews watching porn, and not even by the Jews talking Lashon Hara. Chil Shabbos, throwing that ring back in Hashem's face, that's how he wants to stop. That's how he wants to destroy the Jewish nation. Shabbos is the basis of our marriage. We call people are you Shomer Shabbos or you're not Shomer Shabbos? That's what makes you a Jew. Don't say, are you Shomer Tarasamashwacha? We don't go to people and say, are you Shomer Nagiyah? Can we give this guy an Aliyah? I don't know. Is he Shomer Nagiyah? No. Can we give him an Aliyah? Is he Shomer Shabbos? We need to find out if he's Shomer Shabbos. Can he touch the wine? Is he, well, is he Shomer Nagiyah? Doesn't make a difference. Is he Shomer Tarasamashwacha? Doesn't make a difference. But if he's not Shema Shabbos, he can't touch the wine. What is Shabbos, boys? Shabbos is an ice. There are three isim. Bris, tefillin. A woman doesn't have bris. A woman doesn't have tefillin. The only ice that the whole Klai Yisrael has is Shabbos. It's a ring. It's an ice. It's a bris. And the Satan said, I will create technology. They will be on their phones, on their iPhones, these stupid people, these fools, these stupid people are going to be on something that the Satan calls a smartphone. Does that even make sense? Is a phone smart? Where did they come up with that? 
You're walking around. What kind of phone you got? I got a smartphone. Really? What's the IQ of your phone? What's so smart about it? It falls into the toilet. It lost its brains. Done. Wiped out. It's like the marble. Can't be too smart. So smart. So he called it a smartphone to make you think. I might be stupid, but I got a smartphone. Stupid people have smartphones. Smart people have stupid phones. So he created this phone. You think he created it for pornography. You think he created it so boys could talk to girls. Boys could talk to girls before the smartphone. Boys watch pornography before the smartphone. People went to dirty movies and bought dirty magazines forever. The Gemara talks about prostitution forever. It's the oldest business in the world. That's something new because you have a phone. What is new? The addiction to the phone, which causes the Chil of Shabbos. He's brilliant. We missed the whole reason of the smartphone. Because when you're all day on this phone, and that becomes your whole life, and Shabbos comes, that the one thing you have to turn off is your technology. And all these children, they're not 50 years old, they're young kids, and their whole life is WhatsApp. That's their life, and without it, they're disconnected. So come Shabbos, they're addicted, so... I have to be Mechal Shabbos. I'm not going to take the bono out of the fish, I promise you. I'm not going to drink tea out of a Kaylee Rishon. Oh, no! But my phone I will have on. That's the master plan. The master plan is in the end of days, I'll get you addicted on something that you can't have on Shabbos. And that's the phone. And you're going to all be Mechal Shabbos. And when you're Mechal Shabbos, I'm going to go and stand in front of Hashem and say, look what the kala with your ring she's throwing it at you and she's stepping on it don't be stupid guys realize what's really going on it's on a different level than any other Avera a different different level so maybe what we need to take on in these, not in these three weeks and in these nine days, maybe a little less technology. Maybe Erev Shabbos to take our phones and lock them away somewhere that we can't get them. Because in the end of days, this is, this is the big one and Chilu Shabbos is spreading like wildfire. I wrote down today, we'll end with this. Look at a good line. Somebody wrote this. I don't know where I got this from. Some of us have a past. Some people have a past. We made mistakes. But everyone has a future. Don't focus on the past. Focus on the future. So the Baba Chereba. I, I, I read this story. I was like, wow. So the Baba Chereba, a boy came to him. I think it was by mitzvah. He came for a dollar. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe asked him, do you like baseball? This is the 1950s. Do you like baseball? So the little boy said, yeah, I like baseball. 
Baba Chisholm Rebbe said, so are you a Yankee fan or a Brooklyn Dodger fan? Those are the two teams, and the Crown Heights actually was right next to uh, Dodger Stadium. So he said, I'm a Dodger fan. So the little boy says to the Rebbe, you know, I went to a game two weeks ago. Oh, the Rebbe said, very nice. Who won? He says, well, I'll tell you the truth, Rebbe. It was the top of the seventh inning, and the Dodgers were losing eight to nothing. So we left, and they lost eight to nothing. The Rebbe said, you left? He said, yeah. He said, did the players also leave in the, in the eighth inning? And the boy said, Rebbe, only the fans can leave. The players can't leave. And the Rebbe says, I know baseball. I know. He says, you're, you're a bar mitzvah boy. I want to teach you a lesson. He said, everybody's at the game. What a negative vart. Unbelievable vart. He says, everyone's at the game. There are fans. And there are players. Everyone in this room, everybody watching, everybody in this world. We're all at the game. We're all alive. We're all in the world. Some of us are fans, and some of us are players. The Rebbe asked the boy, why can't the players leave? They're losing 8 nothing, right? It's the eighth inning. Leave. He said, no, Rebbe. The players have to play to the last out. And the Rebbe says, do you know why? He says, no. He says, because until the last out, you can still win the game. It's not over. For the fans, it's over when they leave the game. The players have to stay there till the end of the game because it ain't over, right, until the last out. I was at a game where the Yankees were getting whacked. I don't even remember what the score was, 11-1. I said to my friends, let's get out of here because there's traffic coming out of Yankee Stadium. And a lot of people, were, we were all walking out. It was one of the biggest comebacks in Yankee history. I missed it. They won like 12 to 11 in extra innings. I missed one of the biggest games because I walked out. Because I'm not going to sit there. But the players didn't walk out. They kept playing. So the Rebbe said, that's your choice in life, he told about Mitzvah Boy. You can either be a fan or you can stick it out to the end. Kleistrel all the players. We're going to be here and we're going to stick it out until the end. We're not leaving until Mashiach's here. But we have to do something about it. We can't just say we want Mashiach. We have to show Hashem that we really want Mashiach. And every person in your personal life, it's such a lesson from the Rebbe. Be a player. Don't ever give up. That's a fan. Be a player. I had such a game. My father, Olo Shalom, was like that. And we used to play racquetball. And racquetball is a 15-point game. I was never good at it. I was a basketball player, hockey player. I didn't like four walls. It made me, it made me dizzy. And I wasn't such a good player, but I was my father's partner. He was much better than me. And we were playing a game, and they were winning 14-1. to 1. It's a true story. They were winning... 14 to 1. 
I was exhausted. And you're not winning a game, a 15 game, when the other team's winning 14 to 1. They're a little better than you. So I told my father, let's just forget this game. Let's forget this game. We lost this game. And let's start a new game. I just wasn't doing well. I'm going to go get a drink, whatever. I'll, kind of, I'll focus more. We lost this game. This game's over. It's 14-1. And then my father looked at me like I was from Mars. He's like, it's not over. It's 14-1. It's not 15-1. Like, I'm stupid. Like what, are you, like, what are you saying? I'm like, Dad, it's 14-1. Let's use our kayak for the next game. father said, you're not, I remember, you're not getting off this court until it's 15-1. And you better not make it easy for them to score that point. So, we battled. I would love to come up and tell you we won. Because that would be like the great ending of the story, but that would be a lie, because we didn't win. They beat us 15-8. And I killed myself to get to that eight. And we walked out of the racquetball, and we're going to wait for the next game, we're going to come back in. And I turned to my father and said, Tati, I said, Dad, you see, just wasted seven points. I was like, we could have used that energy for the next game. I'll never forget, he said to me, Zachariah, from when you wanted to give up, from when you wanted to give up, we beat them 7-1. We scored 7, they scored 1. From when you wanted to give up, we won. Focus on that. You don't walk out of the game until it's over. And I think that's a very important thing for all of us. You don't walk out of the game till it's over. And it's not over till Mashiach comes. So you need to be a player, not a fan. And as the Rebbe said, you need to stick to the end of the game. Because it ain't over until it's over. And with everything I said tonight, with the Gemara, and with what's going on with Shmir Shabbos, and with what's going on with the Internet, Mika Yisrael. There's no nation like this nation. There's no nation that went through a Holocaust and a Spanish Inquisition, and Crusades, and Mitzrayim, and the destruction of Tubes HaMegdash, and the persecution. There's no such nation that's still here. The Romans are gone, the Greeks are gone, the Persians are gone, they're all gone, all the empires are gone. We are still here, we are still players. We are still struggling, we are still here. We still go to Minyan, we still get married, we still take our children to yeshiva. There is so much Torah in the world. There is so much good. Yes, I focused on tonight on the things that we need to, to do better, but we can stand with our heads up. We really can. We really can. I was in Eretz Yisrael. I was sat by the Kaisal. Vosikin is Vosikin. It's there. And everyone's davening. And there are, there are night kailos that from midnight that are learning. There is so much Torah and there is so much tzedakah. And there's so many organizations that are helping. Yes, I focused on the hard stuff, but there's so much good stuff. Because the Yankees, the Jews, were still playing. And we very much believe that the game is not over. So a lot of the fans, yeah, a lot of people, there's, there's a lot of enemies and there's footsteps and all these people that are leaving the game, that are stepping out of the game, that are going to miss the end of the game because they went home. Early. But all of us that are going to stay till the end, we will be Zaycha to see Tishabov as a Yantav. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.